Welcome to Broker to Broker, brought to you by AIM, the Association of Independent Mortgage Experts. If you haven't listened yet, Broker to Broker dives into the nitty gritty of the mortgage business by interviewing independent brokers and loan originators just like me. Hope you enjoy the show. Today's episode is sponsored by HomePoint. HomePoint is built for brokers like you. While most mortgage lenders are focused on winning the initial transaction by touting rate and convenience, HomePoint does that and more, taking a holistic, long-term approach to its partnership and customer service. They are evolving the mortgage experience by putting people and partnerships first and delivering the customized support you need to grow your business and wow your clients. Find out why there's no place like HomePoint. Get connected today by logging into the AIM member portal at brokersarebetter.com. NMLS 7706. Welcome back to the Broker Broker Podcast. My name is Mark Summers. I'm the broker owner of Priority Mortgage Lending and AIM president of membership. Really excited about today. Um, she's, uh, she's been really, really active on social media. She's, she's crushing it over these last few quarters. So today I just want to welcome and I will be interviewing the broker owner of K2K Mortgage, Chris Rademacher. Chris, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to share some tips, hopefully, and keep some other loan officers alive and surviving. Absolutely. And, th- and that's what this is about. You know what I mean? It's, that's the one thing I love about our association. It's the one thing I love about our community. It's everyone's, everyone's, I, I call, I call it like an open vest, you know, everyone just wants to help each other. And, and I know you're going to, so we're going to hop right into this. All right. So I, I think it's very important. It's also fun for me just to kind of listen and figure out how you got into this crazy industry that we love. So well, what's, what's your, what's your background on it? Yeah, I actually started in operations. I've done everything in a mortgage from foreclosures, loan mods, processing, I've sold on the secondary, like literally everything you could think of. Um, And then in 2018, I basically kind of worked for this jerk in retail. And he was like, if you don't like working for a $4 million producer, why don't you work for somebody else? And I said, well, why am I not that $4 million producer? And here we are today. (laughs) And, and, And you're producing and you are absolutely crushing it. So so tell me, tell me about K2K Mortgage. Um, is it just you? What's what's your layout? What's your setup there? Yeah, right now it is just me. I've kind of like gone back and forth. I really wanted um, an environment where I just got really honestly tired of working for some people who took, took, took and really didn't give anything. Um, you know, obviously that structure is not for everybody to be this entrepreneurial and open your own company. But, you know, if you have it in your heart, you got to go for it. So right now, um, that's where I'm at. My plan is to get maybe about four loan officers um, and a couple account execs for next year just to get more fingers out into the community and so forth. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. No. And and I think I don't know. I mean, there's there's a lot of different business models out there, you know, in terms of, oh, I need two more loan officers. I need 10. I need 100, 1,000. 10 of whatever you're comfortable with, you know what I mean? And what you, and, and, and how you want to build your business. And I absolutely, those numbers that you said right there, I absolutely love. Yeah. I mean, I, I've always knew I would be boutique That's kind of where I want to be at. Um, I mean, I can't say 10 years from now, I won't have the dream to, you know, be another Anthony Casa, but for today, you know, I just want to be small, run really lean and mean. I think that's the key to surviving right now. So yeah, that it's that's pretty much my business model. It's the way I like it. I like that. I'm gonna start using that term, boutique. <laughs> yes, a boutique. <laughs> boutique. All right, I absolutely love that. Yeah. Um, so I think you know that's just kind of the plan right now. Hopefully, I can find some like-minded. Um, I really want to have a platform where nobody feels scared to really go after any kind of loan. 
that's really kind of how I've survived, especially this year. Um, I always kind of say, if it's weird, send it my way. I will find the money for it, whether it's through my um, mortgage company or this year, I also opened a consulting company and I'm writing commercial and private money through that side. Um, so Are you I really? Obviously the two things separate, but. That's, that's awesome. And you know, and, and, and we're going to, we're going to hop into that because I'm also very, very interested in that as well. So with that, with that being said, you know, the, the, we call them the cookie cutter deals are really not out there right now. Right. I mean, no, they're, no. They're, they're few and far between. So people are getting a little bit more creative here. And one of the things, you know, bruise credit or someone that just has a little bit of an issue. I, I want to dive into that quite a bit here, if you don't mind. Yeah. Go so with it. that being said, hit me. So if someone calls you and says, Hey, I have a mortgage late three months ago. What do you do? Yeah. So that is really great. I mean, at the end of the day, I start having a conversation with them. Like, you know, have you been back on track? Do we have other credit issues? How are you buying this? Um, there are ways do how much money do they also have? Cause we all know in the mortgage industry, you can have bad credit and a lot of money and get it done. You can have great credit and no money and get it done, but you can't have bad credit and no money. That's just honestly a good stock. <laughs> Um, that's 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 a recipe for disaster right there it is a recipe for disaster and i've always really believed in educating clients and showing them the best loan for them i think so many loan officers are focused on the dollar and just want to get them in um so typically my first question i kind of ask is where do you think your credit score is if they tell me i'm around a 590 my next question is do you have 10 percent down for an fha loan if they don't well there's no need to pull credit. I wouldn't even waste the dollars on a soft pull. I right. personally then will send them the Experian app, tell them to give me their logins and I'll jump in and do a basic run through on their credit and kind of give some tips. If um, it's bigger deal, right? Like they're a huge mess, which uh, people are out there. I'll hand them over to my credit girl. She speaks English and Spanish. She has a great price. Um, there's other out there like Sam Parker's, my credit guy, also a great organization. Um, the key to credit repair is to find somebody who has a reasonable price, because if they're super expensive, you won't ever get that client over and, you know, and then to work with them to hopefully set the plan to get them in a house in six, 12 months, whatever it's going to take. So interesting. All right. You, you hit on something there instead of really pulling their credit and wasting dollars. You said you log into their Experian. I do. Yeah. So I've Okay. So what is this? Hit, hit, hit me on that one. I, I'm curious about that. Yeah. So I don't know how your company works and I haven't really seen this as much on the brokerage side, but in retail, they're very heavy on how many credit pulls you're doing. That's your worth, right? To a company. That's how they metric you. And I refuse to live by that standard. I'm sure you know me well enough now. I don't really walk the line, right? I, I live outside <laughs> the box constantly. And I never understood the point of pulling credit when I know I don't have a loan that I can work with. Why even waste the money on a soft pull? I mean, that doesn't even really make sense. And unless you're going to do a, at least a two, you know, bureau pull. So literally I send them over the credit report app. It's hundred percent free. I recommend it to them if they want to pay for more, you know, that's on them, but they don't have to. And then I jump in and I go through everything and take a look. Most of the things I'm seeing are large amount of credit inquiries. I don't think people understand how much that affects their credit. Um, getting denied for credit on repeat is just as bad as not paying your bills. 
Um, so that may be something that my credit girl has to attack and get some of those removed. Um, you know, and then we start with collections and so forth. Medical also great. Uh, typically medical doesn't get you points immediately unless you can get it deleted. Um, I used to also work for one of the largest um, debt collectors, Portfolio Recovery Associates. They were friends of my parents. So I worked there and I worked on the legal side suing when you didn't want to pay. And, you know, getting these things deleted is really where you get most of the money. And most do not realize that every call is recorded. Um, you just need to get one silly little rep to say they agree to delete. If they don't, it doesn't matter. It's in recording line. They'll pull the phone, the phone talk from that day and it's automatic or you can take legal action against them for not complying. So interesting. Very, very interesting. I didn't know yeah. about that. See, that's why we do this. We learn. We learn from we each other. We do learn. Right? We do. So again, I mean, that's how I work with them. I think too, um, it's so important now to be giving that extra to people and the where we are so much better is not only can we do loans that most can't, right? Cause we have an outlet for it, but we can really help to instruct these clients. Wells Fargo tells a client they can't get approved, never tells them how to fix their situation. That client may be able to get approved. It may be not that far away as we think. And that's where I think I've set my business kind of apart is that honestly, I will have a talk with anybody. I tell agents, send them my way. Let's chat about it. Let's see if there's not a fix. Um, and it's also going to be a great dollar savings for people because we all know credit reports are on the rise for cost. So, oh yeah, and we're going to touch base on that because I want to get your opinion on that. But the one thing that I love, and, and and I know people shy away from people with bruised credit, right? I mean, they do. It, it's yeah. it, it's just natural. I don't know why it's natural, but at the same time, the the great thing about that is if you can help someone or educate someone on how credit actually works, because a lot of people don't know. They just right. think, oh, I pay off my credit card every month and I'm good to go. And, that's right. and we all know that's not true. And if you don't know that, that's not true. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but with that being said, it, it's like now you're the advisor. Now you're the expert. That's a client for life. It really, truly is. They'll tend to come back. I closed a girl last year. She worked on her credit for a year. And honestly, that's like one of the best feelings. I know everybody's like, I love VA loans and getting the tough ones done. Trust me, I love that too. But it's really honestly great to see these clients who really want to obtain their goals. I mean, a ton don't, unfortunately. I typically kind of have a system for my agents and I, you know, I introduce them to Millie. If Millie can't get them on the phone within the first couple of days, the odds are they weren't really serious about fixing themselves. Um, and the great thing about my credit girl is if it's easy stuff, she won't even charge them. She'll help them figure out how to get it done and send them back at me. So building that relationship is going to be beyond critical for a lot of people this year because we are hitting the hardest loans. I've done more manual underwrites this year than I ever have in my entire career. Um, consumer debt, gosh, it has to be up over 20% now is the largest and it's only going to continue to grow. I think I just had this discussion with my financial advisor this morning. The difference I see between 2008 and now is that not only do we have this small housing crisis where we don't have enough inventory and rates are high, the cost of goods are actually high. We didn't really see that in 2008, right? Right. You could still get things for kind of cheap, but I just went to my favorite restaurant and every meal was 10 bucks more than normal, you know? And so not only are you, you know, having the cost on that side, you're also running into higher insurance costs. 
you know, and everything else. So more people are starting to struggle. And let's be honest, the higher end people are struggling just as much as, you know, people with lower incomes. Why is that? Because they've had these great, amazing last years and they've, you know, bought fancier cars, bigger houses, you know, have more expenses. So, you know, these are all things we have to pay attention to and how are we going to help people still obtain their goals? Right. Absolutely. Well, you, you, you brought it up and you know, it's, it's almost like the elephant in the room. Credit costs are going up. Oh God. It hurts. It's going to hurt, especially for a small business. But since I've already implemented this, let's look at your experience. I think I'm going to save on that. And I think that's really where I'm here. You know, and I've had a lot of discussions with a lot of LOs and some are saying we're going to do soft pulls. I have a lot of concerns with the soft pull. Um, at the end of the day, it can be kind of misleading. And if you're only going to spend the money on one, that's not even a good example. I think at minimum, if you're going to soft pull, you have to do two of the three bureaus to really get a good picture. Because I just saved a deal the other day where the bank did a soft pull and not a full. And when they pulled that third through, the bank couldn't touch it anymore. So I think just get into the habit of that. Um, you know, and again, you've just extended that extra little love to the client showing them like, Hey, you know, I really am going to take a look and see how we can do this. Now, if you're not comfortable with that, that's perfectly acceptable. Then you really have to work with a great credit person so that you can entrust they go over to them and get that kind of love. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, with, with the, with the credit prices going up, I just, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not thrilled about it by, by, no. by any means, but it's also, it's, it's almost like the cost of doing business. Again, you know, not, not that it makes any sense to me, but I remember when I started in business, a uh, normal appraisal cost $200, right? right. <laughs> and, and, and now it's, you know, 600, 700 bucks and you, we just adapt. You just got to adapt, you know what I mean? Explain to people why they're going up. And I think overall it'll be fine. It's just, it's just another adjustment that we have to make. It will be. And then six months, you know, I think people are just feeling the pinch right now because I think, you know, before you would pull credit and even if it was smidgenly not perfect, the interest rate was low enough. You could, they could still find a house and you're, you were flipping over that cost. They think now the problem is we're pulling credit and, you know, they're not getting approved. And it's crazy. Barry was just talking about this. You know, the expectation of people are so high on what they believe they deserve as their home. The first out the gate, second time out the gate that expectation hasn't kicked back in right and set correctly which is our job to continue to educate people and so i think you're going to feel that pinch a little bit more earlier on um until we get to hit that refinance boom and then you'll make back all your credit money there you go right see it all works out in the end <laughs> it does it does <laughs> um all right uh i want to switch gears here with you real quick yeah okay um unless there's anything else you want to add but there's nope. There's one thing that I think you do extremely well. Um, you're very unique at it, but it's basically your brand and brand Thanks. marketing. Um, how did you create this? So explain your brand, explain okay. like your logo, expl explain it all and where it comes from, because most of these companies that have this uniqueness have a, have a backstory to it. Yeah. So I um, was working for a local company in Florida and um, my boss used to yell at me all the time and say, I spend too much time on Facebook. I needed to be out in the real estate offices, shaking hands, kissing babies, taking cookies. But the top agents we all know aren't sitting in their office, right? They're out and about. 
And I just really was like, I went to, I had a great marketing department there and I'm like, I want to come up with something catchy for when, you know, I can post on Facebook about my closings and we just kind of spit ideas and they came up with it. This is now like the fourth generation of the clear to close idea. Um, but that's really where that stemmed from. And, you know, it was weird. I then just started kind of writing with the K's, which now I will not lie. I just honestly brain do it. It will bug me if I don't. Um, <laughs> I the, oh no, what was it? We did, um, I did a survey for the HOA, right? For our hall of aim and the people. And I was, and it's supposed to be anonymous, but I know everybody has to know who did what because <laughs> I write with the K's and nobody else does that. And I just kind of laughed because I really tried to not write with the K and I couldn't do it. Like I just couldn't do it. Um, you know, I think you have to find something unique to you. When I talk to people about branding, I'm like, what do you love? What are you passionate about? What colors do you like? A lot of marketing people say you need to pick colors for the people you want to talk to, not for yourself. But I disagree. I mean, my house are these colors. I love them. When I see them, they light me up and make me feel better. And in doing so, I get excited and project that out, which means you get excited about it as well. So again, you don't have to go to my extreme, but we are well past the day of you repping your company. Um, you know, nobody cared you work for Wells Fargo. In 2019, I switched to four companies. It was a miserable, crazy year. And I don't think anybody even knew I moved companies because of my branding. Um, and that's always been a benefit to my branding is that people want to work with me. They don't really care if it's K2K mortgage or happy time mortgage. It's about, you know, the quality of work that I do for them. So, yeah, it, it's you're the brand and the brand follows you. And yeah. so no matter what happens, they'll always be with you. That's that's a great way of looking at it. Yeah. So what advice? I know you said, I know you gave some good, good suggestions there, but how would you suggest someone to get outside their box? You know what I mean? Like just to, just to do it, just, I mean, one branding, but you got to live it. I mean, again, you know, a lot of people talk smack about my branding. A lot of people love it. I really don't care. I tell people, I kind of laugh all the way to the bank in all honesty. And I think most of the people who are mad about it are mad because they didn't get my production for the last three years. Um, but if you're going to do it, nail it and do it every day. I mean, I live and breathe clear to close. I've literally walked in places where people don't know my name, but know either I'm the girl that writes with the K's or the clear to close with Chris part portion of it. Um, I think that's going to be one of the best things for you, especially because everybody knows we are heading a hundred percent, even more into the digital world of advertising, right? It's all about TikToks and Facebook and Instagram and YouTube channels and whatever else they're going to throw at us with apps. This is a way that, you know, you can really stick it to people. I think also uh, working and I keep telling people this Canadians do not love Canada anymore. If you talk to Canadians pre COVID, it would be really hard for them to ever say they would live full time in the United States of America. They love vacationing, but they loved Canada. Trudeau has messed that up a thousand percent. That is not even true anymore. As an agent, you can actually get referrals from Canadian to Canadian agents. There is nothing blocking that unless the brokerage in themselves won't let it happen. That is a great opportunity for you and your agents to go start farming Canada and pulling that money down. Foreign national loans are easy to do. 
Um, the interest rates are still pretty great. Um, it is, go, please do a little research and understand how a Canadian mortgage works. It's very different um, than ours. So sometimes you do have to kind of educate them on that. Um, but they don't want to work there. And they found out during COVID, they don't have to stay in Canada. Um, so that has been a great resource for myself. And, you know, getting into doing other things. Um, I've helped several loan officers do private money deals um, where last minute the other house they were selling couldn't sell and they needed a bridge loan or, you know, they don't really have great credit and the interest rate could look better because it gives them a year to fix. So just constantly thinking, again, I've always talked about Barry Habib's book, Money in the Streets, is one example that has stood out with me forever is when he talks about going to the toll booth and how every day he could have chose to drop the money into the little you know, the side one where you just drop it and roll, but instead he had a dollar in his hand and his business card and he stopped every day and talked to him. If everybody's running down the street for those perfect conventional loans, great. Figure out how to walk on the street next to that loan and pick up the stuff that other loan officers can't touch. If, you know, your background is like mine, which is why I think I've been so successful is because you really hard to outbeat me on structuring um, and solving the problem then use that, preach that every single day because we're seeing more and more loan officers dropping the ball because they're getting lazy on their pre-approvals and they're getting nervous and they're just handing out stuff and not getting it to the table. So, you know, again, read his book as well, but that's like the one thing that stood out. So when everybody else is saying, I can only do this, no, I will touch any loan you give me. I will figure out the money and figure it out. Don't just say it, literally. Start making private money friends. Start making commercial friends. You know, if you have a lot of money sitting in the bank, start lending on your own money. Um, you know, come up with a solution to help people and you'll win them for life. That's awesome. That's awesome. I mean, with thinking outside the box, your brand. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're just setting yourself up for success. That's that. I mean, legitimately, that's all you're doing. Now, the one cool thing, I'll tell you a quick story about my brand, which is it, it's, it's so funny in my area. You know, I'm not in a huge town, but we're, we're you know, decent size. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I ordered t-shirts. Now my company's name is Priority Mortgage. It's a big P with an M and an L over it, right? Square. Okay. I had, I think it was 500 t-shirts made of it. So I, I order them, they come in, they're wrong. They forgot to put priority mortgage underneath it. So it's really not my logo. I call them and they're like, oh my God, you're right. Just we're, we're going to redo these. And I said, okay, well, what about these current ones? And they're like, just keep them. I mean, it was our fault. So I literally took a box of 500 t-shirts up to my kid's school where I coach, where I went to school, everything during a volleyball game, dropped them off and said, guys, go. These kids wear these shirts all the time. I mean, I constantly. It. And then the best thing about it, I thought it was just kind of cool just seeing the shirts, but then every time they're at a family function or, you know, and every parent posts about their kids, these kids are wearing these PMO shirts all shirt. the time. And all, everyone's always asking, what does that mean? You know, and it's just, it's just organic and I absolutely love it, but that's no, my, love that, it. that's I mean, my branding side. <laughs> I love it. Well, that was the thing too. I mean, I've slapped my logo. It's on my car. I mean, literally I call my house, the house that clear to close built, the color scheme's still the same. When you walk in, it's, inevitable you can kind of you're kind of wondering um i mean i have it on dog leashes i onesies mugs pens um cups i did for my grand opening i had oreo actually make um my logo on oreo cookies that i handed out at the end um you know my envelopes for my closing gifts are in my colors 
I mean, I literally, you just have to keep driving it home. I mean, that's how Pepsi wins. That's how Coca-Cola wins. When you see that, you think it automatically. And that's really all you want because they may not remember your name per se, but I can tell you, I know people know my brand when I walk into stuff all day long. I, ironically, I was at this convention. Um, it was right when like COVID had started to let conventions come back. I was at FAMP um, in Orlando and we go up to the bartender to get drinks. And the guy's like, oh my God, are you clear to close with Chris? <laughs> and I freaked out for a minute because I didn't recognize the guy. And that happens when you have a lot of friends on Facebook. <laughs> and I'm sitting there and I thought, oh, he saw it on my name tag. And I walked away thinking that. And then my boss was like, that was so weird. Did you know that, that guy? Like, did you date him or something? And I'm like, never seen him. I said, he must have seen my name tag. He said, Chris, your name tag was backwards. So the writing was like facing my chest really and so we walked back and he's like yeah it kept popping up on stuff and i knew i just wanted to be your friend and we've been facebook friends and that's how he recognized me so again whatever you're gonna do i don't care it doesn't have to be to my extreme i know i've gone to the far end just do it and drive it home every single day you can't talk about your brand for one week and then forget the next because you get busy you gotta slap it in everybody's face on repeat. And I'll be honest, I love the people who talk smack about it because they will spend hours on groups talking about me. One, that means you're not out going to get loans. I That's my chance to go scoop your people. And two, every time you do it, you probably told five friends. Three might love it, two might hate it, but you still told them about it. So, right. and what do they do? Go and find me and ask me to be a friend. So, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I got you for a couple more minutes and I just want to get you, I just want to get your um, outlook on something here, which, and I can't believe I'm saying this year, uh, 2023, <laughs> as we're recording this, it's early a few days away. So just to make sure everyone understands this, um, you're in a, you're in a warm area. I'm in an extremely cold area, but anyways, uh, I'm jealous. That's the only reason why I bring that up. <laughs> but what, what is your outlook for 2023? Because I, in my eyes, it, to me, I was just hoping to get through, you know, manageably through 2022. I'm really excited about 2023. What is, what is your outlook on it? I mean, I always try to stay positive. I'm realistically positive. I'll say, I think truthfully, you know, is a refi boom on its way? 1000%. When? I don't know. I think we have to wait to see how the feds come out swinging this year. Um, and if they're going to continue now backing that we have a recession and inflation. Um, if so, I think along with consumer debt, they're going to have to give relief right before Christmas, or we're going to head into an election year with a lot of unhappy people because people who can't buy their kids Christmas gifts aren't thinking about making it to the polls the next year. People who can't afford their housing payment aren't going to. So, um, you know, Barry was just talking about this and I think it's a great opportunity and I'm actually going to hang up and do this and I'm going to do 10 people a day till I get through my entire database. I'm going to present to them, you know, what will get you moving out of your house today? What do you need? Is it a certain price point? Is it a certain, you know, interest rate? Do you need to get a certain amount of cash out and start preparing people for that talk? so that I'm ahead of the game when the refi boom starts to happen. So, but I think again, if you've been offering value, if you're digging in and looking for the deals that nobody else wants to touch, then I think you're gonna survive easy. But I, 
think resetting your expectations of survival is really what's going to help you maintain. Because again, I honestly, I was like many people, I did my vision board and I was like, I'm going to close 50 million this year. Like I'm going to close 50 million. Well, the feds, as we know, denied our crisis for so long. It didn't get me to 50 million. Now I did great. You know, I wound up around 22 and some change and I'm not complaining in any way, shape or form, but I think I wasn't very as realistic coming into this year as I could have been. So again, my goal if for next year is to match this year. That's all I need, uh, all I want to do. Now I've also supplemented that in my mind with doing private money, commercial deals and traditional, non-traditional. So that's how I'm going to change my business platform to make sure that I can make it to the refi boom. Because if you can, that's what's going to hold you over as we roll into 2024. So, Love it. Love it, love it, love it. What about yep, you? I, Please tell me. Which well, this, is, this, this is how I feel. Like I changed up my business plan and I've talked about it on some different podcasts and different things, even with Tom Ollie's and his Grow and Get It. It, it gave me a little bit more time to reevaluate my business, right? Uh, <laughs> focus a little bit more on outside the box ways of getting business <clears throat> and we're doing something and i've talked about it before where we go after companies now and it has been fun it has legitimately been fun it's a way to educate people it's it. a way for me to hop realtors because right now everyone goes to a realtor first for the most part you know yeah. what i mean and everyone's banging down realtors doors i want to be that first one i want realtors banging down my door right <laughs> so i'm just trying to flip the mindset it allowed me to kind of reset my business it allowed me to kind of get a fresh of breath there and knowing that, hey, if I'm if I'm getting people in homes at six and a half, seven percent, six percent, whatever, I truly think rates at some time. I'm I'm with you, Chris. I don't know when they're going to get back down. Somewhere in my eyes, it's going to be four and a half to five and a half percent. I think that's yeah, be the that's norm. what I think. I just got asked that, that this morning. I think we're going to hit around four and a half. Yeah, that's going to be the norm. I think you know yeah. what we were in. It was not traditional. It was not anything you can really scale a business off of. And if you did, we tried warning <laughs> everyone as much as we could. But I, I'm extremely excited. So now my thing is if I'm getting these people at six, six and a half percent and seven, eight, it doesn't matter. When this refi boom happens, those are those are going to be the easiest ones. I already 100%. did my farming. I already did my farming. But again, so, if you haven't watched um, the Barry, everybody, if you haven't found, watched the Barry Habib and what was his name, Tim Brahe's um, thing, which I took so much information from that this morning. I mean, that's what he talked about is getting ahead of it and building all your systems that you couldn't do in 20 and 2021. I mean, I won't lie. I don't have a CRM. My CRM has been a spreadsheet with my closings on it. And I send out, I go literally and look up every single house to see if they still own it. And I write an anniversary card and do all that. Well, today I'm having a talk about a CRM because that's what I need to do. So I continually make sure I'm hitting my past clients more and more and anybody and everybody I've ever talked to. Right. So it's a great time to dig in, spend some money on yourself and your business. It seems kind of scary. And what I honestly mean is I don't think lead gen spending is 100% where you should be sticking it right now. Um, leads are not as amazing as I hear on the street. And you're going to need a lot of money to get that operation running. I think it's spending it on educational classes, getting out there in that way, whether you do Zoom or lunch and learns and, you know, getting back to the people, you know, out and about on that circuit you know, talking to them and having when you, you know, HomeBot has been amazing. My clients love HomeBot. Um, I get a lot of interaction off of it. So spend some money on that, those kind of things. Coaching, if you're feeling like you need accountability right now, 
don't be afraid to spend some money. I mean, look at your budget, but you got to make sure what you're spending makes sense, right? Like what is your ROI and then use it. Don't spend it and then sit there and not. MBS Highway is great. I constantly do a rent versus owning like once or twice a week. So that's awesome. Yeah. I've loved everything you've said today. It's it's, it's absolutely awesome. So, you know, I've I've already taken up a lot of your time. I I truly, truly appreciate you taking the time out. It's uh, like I said, this is right between, you know, Christmas and New Year's and, you know, everyone's kind of, heck, I'm on vacation right now, but I I really want to do this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't been on one in a long time and it fell into my lap, so I took it. But uh, I I just want to tell you, thank you for, you know, you share as much as you can. You're always giving us feedback and, and everyone out there listening. Chris is one of these people that I absolutely love because if you ever needed anything and she never met you, you could pick up the phone, shoot her a Facebook messenger and she will, she will help you out. 100%. That's the only way we're going to survive. And I want the people who get out there and really try to figure it out to actually survive, right? That's who I want standing, you know, in my field with all the other brokers out there because that's who deserves to actually stay. I mean, I'm, I'm thrilled to see a lot of these people drop out because I don't think they were great quality and offering great loans for a lot of people. So there's so much opportunity. Just don't be afraid. Try it. You have nothing to lose. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Chris, thank you again. Thank I, you. I really appreciate this. And uh, I, this was a great conversation. I had a lot of fun with it. So Same. yeah. So brokers, if you want to get caught up on all of our past podcast episodes, please head over to aimgroup.com backslash broker to broker. You can also listen to all the broker to broker podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, anywhere else you can download podcasts. And just as a reminder, we're, I think we're top five in the nation of nonprofit. I'm just going to plug that one there. But uh, do me a favor, please rate our podcast and leave a review. It helps us get the podcast out there and spread the word that brokers are better. And Chris, you are definitely one of those. And thank you for spending time with us today. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I truly appreciate this opportunity. All right. Have a great day, everyone. Do you love our podcast but want more content? Subscribe to AIM National on YouTube. You'll find updates on AIM initiatives and highlights of our events, and you'll get access to our free library of helpful how-to videos.